0: Hey guys and girls, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian, and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How are we doing today, mate?
1: Uh,
0: yeah. I you're shattered.
1: Say, uh, I'm pretty flat, I gotta say. I can
0: see it in your eyes. I mean... I'm smiling, but the smile doesn't reach my eyes. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't reach your soul either, because your soul must be hurting at the moment. Look, it I'll, really is. I'll start ticking them off. You're a, you're a Fremantle Dockers supporter, and that hurts enough today. Yeah. You, you're just coming off of a big keeper league loss in the, uh, the prelim tyrant. final to to the tyrant Previously himself. Previously
1: known as friend of the podcast, Brody,
0: enemy of the podcast. Currently, Brody. Um, yeah, it's it's not a great day for you. And don't, no. I'm here for you, mates. I'm am a shoulder to cry on. Uh, well, in one way, a shoulder to cry on, but uh, in a much more important way, I'm going to uh, abuse some of your players, and <laughs> it's. And I'm tell you exactly where you went wrong. Right now. All for that right now. <laughs> well, what we're going to do is we're going to dive straight in because, of course, the grand finals for all forms of fantasy leagues are coming up this weekend.
1: Yes, this is it. Hope if you've made it. Hopefully you've made it. Four.
0: If you have, congratulations. If you haven't, don't worry. We'll just dissect your season and see. You know, if we can give you a couple of handy hints for next year exactly as well. Exactly where you went wrong. Mm-hmm. So we'll dive straight into the first game of the round last weekend, which was Richmond versus the Bombers on Friday night. Yes. Great game. I mean, it was it, it was, was a lo- good, It actually. was pretty close. Uh, I mean, again, Richmond sort of had one of those games where they only had one player get over a hundred, and then the rest sort of nineties and below.
1: Yeah, you kind of felt most of the day that Richmond were going to get the job done, but there mm-hmm. were a couple of moments where Essendon almost fought their way back into it, but it was entertaining enough. They tried.
0: Uh, I mean, and the one person who got off the leash for the Tigers was uh, Dusty Martin. <sighs> I tell you what. <laughs>
1: He's done nothing all year. Absolutely nothing Absolutely nothing all year. He's a Brownlow medalist. He got off to a good start. Is there any chance that someone from Essendon actually would have paid attention to him? He kicked four goals. He had (laughs) ten
0: marks. You know how many of those were contested? I'm assuming one. One. Was it one? He had one
1: contested mark. (laughs) Yeah. They just let him plus six up and down the wings, (laughs) and then when he got bored of that, he'd just sneak forward and kick a goal.
0: There were times there was nobody like within twenty meters of him. I don't think I've seen you so fired up at the start of a podcast. It's so good. <sighs> and so as you can hear, Dusty got off the leash. You were playing him in a keeper league matchup. It really hurts when that happens. It all forms a draft. I On mean, the
1: Friday night, you're like,
0: oh, it's just going to be a long weekend. It's going to be a long weekend. <laughs> but it was a great game from Dusty. In fairness, they let him yeah. off the leash, and he took full advantage of that for 118 points. Hopefully, he can. This is just an off year for him. A little bit of a hangover year after last year and he can bounce back next year because he will be underpriced. He will definitely be underpriced next year, I'd say. A lot of people will be after him next year and a lot of the trap a lot of people fell into at the start of this year with players like Dusty Martin and Zach Merritt. I mean, you and I are yep. both culprits of falling into this. Um, you know, you're, you're just base a player on exactly what they've done last year, and if they've reached the highest of highs, you back them in. You mm-hmm. can't always do that, because in salary cap leagues, it I mean, it's very unlikely if a player averages 115 or something like that, that they would keep to the exact same oh, highs the following year.
1: A, if they've had a career best year, it's yeah. unlikely that they're going to replicate that exactly. next year. Exactly, yeah. Brown, uh, particularly year. if they've been around
0: for like six, seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. It's... You know, some players break the mould, like Tom Mitchell, but it's very rare for, you know, one player to average, you know, 115 or 120 over multiple seasons. So... Sometimes really? you've got to look at some of those underpriced premiums. Basically, oh, sorry, we could yeah, There's no other way to fit uh, to put a good team together. Really, you yeah. have to look at
1: least some of them, and he'll be one for us to look at next year. Absolutely, so, um, he'll be on the watch list for the preseason mm-hmm. for sure.
0: And like I said at the start, some of the other Richmond players, I mean, it was just average at best in terms of fantasy leagues. Uh, you'd be happy with a 91 from Josh Caddy. Jaden sort of Short been sitting on that, that all
1: year. Caddy has a, had yeah. a
0: great year. It's a similar with jo- Jaden Short. Actually, he's yeah. been very solid, really good from a draft perspective. Fantastic. Uh, you know, players like Shane Edwards on eighty five, Brandon Ellis was solid for an eighty four. But th- there's nothing really to shout out about. Um, you um, notice Jack Rewalt came crashing down to earth after 197 or whatever last week. He a- was
1: n- never going to get anywhere near that. This, no, of this course week. not. <laughs> but but I do feel for him a little bit because he got nothing in <laughs> the whole game. Anytime the ball came to him it was directly on his head and it yeah. he was pretty much just well, waiting was, for someone to jump on it.
0: And he was playing against a good fullback as well in uh, in terms of Hurley. So it was always going to be hard to score. Yeah. But interestingly enough, obviously, you know, he scored that 190-something on Gold Coast. Yep. And Tommy Hawkins is coming up against Gold Coast this weekend and they obviously have a great midfield at Geelong. So. Absolutely, yeah. And, and interestingly, um, and I'm not basing this on any actual
1: stats or fact. Ooh, that's the best kind of I <laughs> basis. Feel, I feel like rewalt and Hawkins have fairly similar scoring um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Lows and ceilings. Their basement, yeah, the ceiling ceiling, okay, yeah, their averages yeah. are all are pretty similar, I feel. Mm-hmm.
0: I'll back in on that. They're, um... Uh I you obviously, think about
1: an eighty odd each
0: week is more or less, give or take,
1: maybe five points yeah, or so. What
0: you'd expect—that's pretty week. much what you would be looking at from both of those players, around about an eighty, like you say. Um, but obviously, Jack Rewat pushed up to the insane highs. Tommy Hawkins could do the exact same thing coming exactly. up in the grand final week. Exactly. So, not saying he's going to go one ninety, but but what if he gets one hundred and forty or one hundred and fifty or something stupid? I was like going to say I'd be happy with
1: a one twenty. Oh, you would.
0: <laughs> I mean, geez, that'd be big if you bought like a smoky like that in. <laughs> Um, Obviously, in draft leagues, he's already owned. But in salary cap leagues, if you're a massive underdog, it's a risk and a half. But, jeez, it might be worth taking. could be. Um, On the Essendon side of things, Devin Smith's 115. Just, again, proving he's been one of the best forwards all year. Just hands down. Uh, Mm -hmm. Zaharakis got into it a little bit this week. Dyson Heppel has been solid of late. Yep. Very solid, actually. And it does fall off a little bit there. You wouldn't have been happy with a 93 from Zach Merritt. It's just no, too low. You would have wanted at least a ton Yeah, absolutely. Darcy Parrish has got a couple of high 80s in the past two weeks. He's been
1: reasonable since he came back from injury. took a few weeks it, to get yeah. back
0: into the swing of it, but his last fortnight's been good. Still not sure where Darcy Parrish sits, though, in terms of a fantasy scorer. He was highly touted as a youngster, but yeah. for keeper leagues, you know, he'd be owned in a lot of them, yeah. and coaches would be very, very unsure as to what to think of him for years to come. Yeah,
1: I, I think it'll be interesting to see what his position is next year. Yeah,
0: if he retains forward position like he has had this year, I imagine he'll be kept in a lot of keeper leagues. Yeah. If he loses that forward status... A he's, a bit he, more he, yeah, he's not really worth it at the moment Although with his averages. He has in the had a bit of an injury interrupted year, so As. it'll be interesting to see the preseason next year. And and then, like we say, it does fall off a little bit from there. So uh, BJ Goddard might not be playing at Essendon next year. Might not be playing at all. Um, yeah,
1: I think I remember reading that they're gonna um, see what happens through the trade mm. period before they make a decision on him. He looked really um, sort of hampered this game. So. Yeah. Um, 73 is actually pretty good for him to get up to because mm. there were times that he just couldn't move
0: a lot of people bagging him out on social media as well let's not forget I mean he's one of the best like most consistent players that I've seen across a whole career he's played over 300 games or something like that and yeah. he was def- when he was ranked as a defender or um, given defensive status in a, a salary amateur. cap you, you have to you had to have him basically yeah. for like you know the late two thousand, you know, so you know two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, those sorts of years. Yeah, you just had to have Brendan Goddard. Uh, anything else there from Essendon you want to point out? Because yeah, it does just drop off a fair way. You wouldn't have been overly yeah. happy with a lot of those scores. Yeah, not really, your boy Langford only fifty two. Yeah, again playing up forward a fair bit. So it's really after that a bit frustrating. Oh, it was just the news article that came out, you know, a month and a half ago saying you know how much he was loving playing in the midfield and the coach had really put it upon himself to get that <laughs> midfield spot
1: that was the week that they actually moved him and back that to the was mode. the week they
0: moved him more forward it was I mean oh, <laughs> was smoke bit, and mirrors
1: oh, I don't know interesting it's interesting how often that happens
0: yeah um, next game of the round was Collingwood versus the Power I mean some big scores here and this was just a smashing in the end port yeah they really are limping <clears> towards <throat> the end of the season unfortunately uh, yep. Brody, the Grundy, off yeah, Brody Grundy yeah Brodie Grundy just <laughs> so good so yeah. good You'd, I'd almost suggest that uh, in a lot of your draft leagues, if not in all of the draft leagues, the team that owns Brody Grundy would be in the grand final this week. Like it, he's just scoring that well yeah. in a ruck position, and if you drafted him very very early, you would have still got very talented fantasy midfielders in round two, three, four, five. You know that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: I, I am a personal. F- how to say this? Um,
0: I know you don't like generalizations. That's not a. It's not something that you like. No,
1: not so much. But from a draft perspective, um, I am a fan of getting a really good ruckman because I think it's it's something that really sets you apart from everyone else.
0: I know that other podcasts out there do not like that. They go in with the strategy to not draft a ruckman until very late in the league because they think, you know, uh, even. I suppose it's chained a little bit with Gorn and Grundy and to a lesser extent Martin. Most of
1: the time they're all gonna be much of a Mm. likeness, so there's no point taking one early. But those two or three guys that are that step above. Yeah. I like them as a point of difference because they do set your team apart mm-hmm. and give you a bit
0: of a leg up. And as I say, you know, if you're in your ruck position scoring an average of 120 or whatever stupid that Grundy or Gorn are getting at the moment yeah. um, compared to some of the other middling ruckmen, and then with your, you know, second, third round picks, you take some midfielders who are maybe averaging four or five points less, you know, than some yeah. of the top, top line midfielders, you're coming out overall on top at yeah, the end of the having day. Having
1: said that, it it can go horribly wrong if you. Pick the wrong rockman.
0: It can, like, but <laughs> I know in
1: the redraft league that we do, I took Gorn with I think pick number, might have even been pick one last year. Pick one year, or two, yeah. With one, I think it was pick two, and I, I actually started a rock run. In, you like, did. The first round. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was great, but that was an injury interrupted year, and it ruined my year. Yeah,
0: you um, can't really. But you can't, you can't plan for that, though. You can't plan for injury. So, in draft leagues next year, I'm going to suggest that Gorn and Grundy go one and two. Picks one and two in almost every single league. Yeah. Like, The, the danger n- is no just the
1: cruiser effect of this year. he yeah. had a couple of great years. If someone had gone early on him, and he would have backfired this year. Mm, absolutely. Anyway, we've spent enough time talking about rocks. So. so,
0: some of the other players. Taylor Adams was outstanding again this week. And that, you know, Collingwood are coming up against Fremantle this week, who... I just looking like a shadow of a footy team. Taylor Adams could be huge this week again.
1: Yeah. Um, it might be harder for them to score if like a, a waffle team went out on <laughs> at the moment. They were just deplorable.
0: Uh, well, it wasn't a great game to watch, to be honest. But it, a lot of Collingwood players are going to be uh, like, could be very big this week. I mean, we know how well they score, and against a poor team on a big oval like at Optus, yeah.
1: I think they're a, they're one of two teams that I quite like the idea of. Um, three teams actually, one of three teams I quite like the idea of grabbing people mm-hmm. from this week, sort of to stream in either a draft or or a salary cap even. So. Yep.
0: Uh, so Taylor Adams plays like Steel Cybottom, who got 119 this week. Um, even Tom Phillips, maybe, who's been down lately, but could turn it around on the big ground that obviously is a Optus Stadium against a very poor week. team. He only got 74 this week. He just hasn't quite reached the highs, and he is a very young player still. Yeah. I think he's 21 or 22, so he could be slowing down towards the end of a big year.
1: Yeah, but like, like you said, a big ground, mm. big wings, so he can get those plus sixes and run. Um, if the weather's looking... Good. Mm. I think he could be a uh, a good option.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you know you again you'd be disappointed with scores from like, players like Jack Crisp with a seventy three, just not enough for you. On the other hand, Chris Maine one hundred and thirteen was outstanding. Yeah,
1: yep. he's actually had quite a good end of the, to the year.
0: He has. He's had a very. He's had a pretty solid year in mm. terms of uh, fantasy scoring. Um, yep. So, well, com- compared to the. The fact that I thought he wasn't going to get a game for Collingwood for the rest of his career. Well, he played, what, like two, three games
1: last year mm-hmm. for 63 points. 16 games this year for 74 points.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think his second half of the year is significantly higher. Yeah, average. absolutely. Well, he's, he's been playing that more halfback role for the second half of the year, which has been great for him. Uh, on the other side of the ledger for Port, I mean, we, we had a little bit of a, a chat last week about the players that we were really worried with. Um, and the three were Westoff, uh Wingard, and Rockcliffe. And I think that we went Rockcliffe first, Wingard second, and Westoff third. That Easy, was the order of the ones we'd move them In up. order of the ones that we would move them on. We were correct in that, but... We were correct in that we Westoff was the least concerning Yes, of them, true. With 129. He, it actually went the opposite way to what I thought, because I thought there were going to be either two options with Port Adelaide. Now, they were either going to not play Paddy Ryder, and they were going to bring in some young kid like... Frampton or someone like that to replace him. Westhoff was going to have to play up forward a fair bit more with Dixon going out. And, you know, that was going to impede his scoring. Or the second option was that they would play Paddy Ryder. He'd be fit enough to play in the ruck role and Justin Westhoff was still going to stay forward, impeding his scoring. But what they actually did is they played Paddy Ryder injured. He was clearly injured as a a pure forward. And Westhoff was the actual (laughs) number one ruckman. I didn't see that coming. Congrats if you did. I mean, a lot yeah. of people would have been just holding West Off. Oh, I think most people would have... If
1: they saw that Ryder was playing the game mm. and wasn't a laid out, they would have assumed he was fit.
0: Exactly. But he clearly wasn't fit. They were clearly just rolling the dice, Port Adelaide, and desperately trying to get something. Yeah. But, uh, okay. yeah, so West Off again, I'm going to pump him up for a, a big game this week because it doesn't look like Ryder will be playing pure rock, and Westhoff scores very well as a ruckman. Although, well, who are they playing this week? Uh, oh, that is a good question, actually, Port Adelaide. Um,
1: Essendon on Friday night.
0: Um, yeah, Tommy Bell Chambers is difficult, but yeah, yeah we know I how good could... Justin Westhoff is around the ground.
1: Yeah, I reckon he will score pretty well this back week. In,
0: back him in for a big game. Uh, Travis Boak was pretty solid in this game as well with 103. Yep. And then some You know, average draft scores from some guys like Ebert, um, Wines in the 90s, Motlop in the 90s, a bit better. Uh, Jared Leinert has been oh, solid as he's, he's been on. <laughs> yeah. Rookie from heaven towards the end of the year. So good. Um, I kind of wish... It's so late in the year that I kind of wish he hadn't debuted until round one next year. Yeah, it would have been nice. Would
1: Anytime be... someone gets a debut in mm. the last month or so of the season, you kind of just go, oh, I wish they'd lasted till next year.
0: Yeah. Um, Chad Wingard was... Uh, he was tagged a little bit by yeah. um, uh, Greenwood, I think, from Collingwood. Yeah, Greenwood. Yeah but the worst part was and i actually uh, tweeted about this on the weekend i don't know if you saw mm-hmm. he was doing quite well in the midfield but he was tackling he was applying pressure he was on 60 fantasy points at half time yep oh, i did see And that then he down. was and then he was pushed <coughs> up forward by the coach so thanks ken Hinckley, appreciate that he scored 14 points for the rest of the game cuz port couldn't get it into the forward line and that was horrible so wingard yes. absolute fail this week Tom Rockliffe, absolute fail with 65. 65. Especially Rockliffe, if you've still got him in your team, get him out this week. Mm, yeah. Just get him out. He doesn't look like a, a fantasy player at the moment. No. He had that spurt of about three, like, actually very good games in the middle of the year. We thought he'd go on with it. He hasn't. You just need to get him out of your team. Um, if you're still in the grand final with Tom Rockliffe, that is your main priority. That's your
1: point of difference that you change, yeah Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the next game of the round uh, was... Uh, this was geelong Oh ugh. Do we talk about it? Uh,
1: we have to. Yeah, all we right. <laughs> to. There's a lot of fantasy relevant guys in it. There's a but, lot of
0: fantasy relevant geez. guys. Only, I would say almost nothing about this game if, Go- if Geelong weren't coming up against Gold Coast this week. Because they, they Gold Coast this again. are another terrible team. No, well, terrible not is a harsh word. But Gold Coast are another easy team to score against. I think Gold Coast have
1: more backbone than Frio
0: do like <laughs> like <that. laughs> Which is... Really much, um, but this could
1: happen again scoring wise. Mm.
0: So Tim Kelly, Tom Hawkins with 115. We talked about him earlier. Paddy Dangerfield, another big big in that you should be focusing on this week because yes, absolutely, I I honestly think that Took Miller won't be going to Dangerfield this week because a Dangerfield's a unique kind of player and he plays a lot up forward. So I think he'll kick a fair few goals this week. And Miller doesn't really play a defensive role. He's, he plays more in the midfield as a proper tagger. So yeah. if um, he's going to tag anyone, he probably looks at Gary Ablett. Yeah, I agree. And and obviously <clears throat> they'll want to stop the their ex-captain getting on an absolute yeah, absolutely. role. So Paddy Dangerfield, you have to get him in this week. Is
1: Thompson playing this? He's still out injured. He's still
0: team. out. So another big tick for Hawkins.
1: Yeah. So And I the reason I ask is because I can see Stephen May playing on Dangerfield up forward, yeah. leaving Hawkins free.
0: Yeah. Ooh.
1: Very, very interesting. Mm. Because who else do they have that would match up on yeah. Dangerfield? It's easier to have to find a tall defender that's not that mobile that can play on Hawkins than find someone that can play on Dangerfield. Yeah, So I reckon May goes to Danger.
0: Mm. Yeah, good point. Um, uh, Mitch Duncan is another interesting one to look at this week. With, I think there'll be a lot of uncontested marks for Geelong. Um, mm-hmm. And Mitch Duncan, even though he's underperformed compared to last year, could be very interesting coming more off of a half-back flank this week. Be very, very interesting. If he's a a defender next year,
1: pay attention
0: because he'll be underpriced. He'll be underpriced, but also he's averaged 99 or or just on 100 for the year. That, Mm. as a defender, would make him one of the top three defenders going around.
1: I I don't watch
0: that many Geelong games, so I'm not sure if he's played enough
1: off halfback to. um, Yeah, it's really tough to say. I mean,
0: even in interviews, he's sort of. um, Someone said, uh, I think uh, they were interviewing Mitch Duncan, and he sort of said, "You know, you've, your midfield role has been sort of down at the moment. You know, you're not getting as much ball as you used to." And Mitch Duncan came back with, "Well, I've been playing halfback, so that's, <laughs> and or I've been playing in defence, yeah. so that kind of doesn't help that." <laughs> yeah, as a bit of a joke, but if yeah, that it is definitely the, helps, though, he has been sort of playing that role. So it'd be interesting next year. Uh, Sam Menegola '98. You'd expect him to probably improve on that this week. Um, you hope so. Yeah. Well, I mean... The, the
1: the amount of teams that he's bouncing in and out of at the moment. you oh, <laughs> know, hope that he, he puts something up in the grand final. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, one player I probably wouldn't look at necessarily is Joel Selwood. Yeah, he'll get in and under, but he's just too unpredictable in terms of his ceiling.
1: And, and his good games are quite often ones where he needs to lift and carry his team. Mm. He's not going to need to do that. He can just cruise through this game. Yeah, I, so... Let others do the heavy lifting.
0: My number one priority would be Paddy Dangerfield. Yep. number two, hell, maybe even Tom Hawkins. To be honest, be very interesting.
1: I I like it as a point of difference. Mm. Uh,
0: on the Docker's side, there's not really a lot to talk no. about. Nat Five, he was well. He was great in his comeback game. In terms of fantasy scoring, he wasn't that great in, in the game itself. He just no. he tried. He tried his heart out. Lockie Neal always tries as well, and then it just falls away from there. It goes yeah. almost straight down into the 60s. <laughs> yeah, Mundy got 90, which is, you know, he's
1: had a good year. Mm. Um, and he doesn't stop trying, but other than that, it's not really a lot. Players
0: like Ed Langdon would have cost a lot of people prelim finals, and you're putting your hand up right now because he was so good through the year, so solid, and he's just come from nowhere, but and it they failed were dismally But playing
1: in a monsoon. So, oh, they were. And he's a plus six outside mm-hmm. winger, so... Yeah. That really hurts him.
0: Yeah. Um, I wanna, I'll talk about Ryan Abbott a little bit later in the podcast because we do have a listener question about yep, him. Cool. So we'll. Uh, I won't highlight that. But I would have thought Darcy in a monsoon would have gotten a few more points. A lot of hit-outs. Yeah. A,
1: a lot of stoppages. A lot of hit-out opportunities. Yeah.
0: Um, Just couldn't quite get it. Well, Ryan Abbott was very, very good in competition. Yeah. So it was 38 to Darcy and 31 to Ryan Abbott. I thought Darcy might have actually gotten significantly more than Abbott. But no, yeah. Abbott fought him to a draw.
1: Yeah, Abbott could be... A interesting one for
0: those deeper draft leagues next year. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I do, Michael Walters, 38, you know, to players like that also would have cost people <laughs> draft leagues. Uh, again, you're putting your hand up. <laughs> so we'll move on from that just so that you don't, you know, burst into tears right now. Yep. Uh, next game of the round was GWS versus, uh, what's that, GWS, Sydney? Swans, yep. Battle um, of the Bridge. Battle of the Bridge. Yeah, I, I mean, great for Sydney to actually get up in this one. Uh, Which was. Did you watch this one? Uh, I gave it a little bit of a watch. Uh, I probably missed most of it, to be honest. I was just going to ask
1: how much of this was um, Phil Davis being injured and unable to hold Buddy?
0: Yeah, so that was a big thing. So Phil Davis actually going down, Buddy did get off the leash towards the end of it. But also, um, Luke Parker was huge in this game. Like, he was everywhere. 143. Yeah, 143. In terms of fantasy... Why can't you do this all
1: year, Parker? I know. (laughs) You save
0: (laughs) it till the second last week of the year when everyone's
1: gotten rid of you except for the ghost team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And he gets 7 marks, 21 kicks, 12 handballs, 5 tackles, 2 goals, 2. He was everywhere. Contested possessions, he had 15, so he was in and under in the midfield. Nice. I mean, yeah, it's exactly what you want from a fantasy player. Jake Lloyd... Uh, did what he does best and just got around, got some easy, you know, yep. plus sixes with nine marks there. He only had five contested possessions, so that's as he does, <laughs> as Jake Lloyd does. Um, it falls away a little bit from there. Josh Kennedy with a ninety uh, and Callum Sinclair with a ninety. Callum Sinclair in particular has been so solid this year, and you're mm. still pretty happy with a ninety from him yeah. as a middling sort of rockman.
1: Yeah, because you wouldn't have taken him early. You oh, have yeah. got him quite late. I tell
0: you, a player we're not happy with is bloody Isaac Heaney. Um, 79, didn't hit the Heaney zone this week, mate. No, not even a Heaney minus. Prelim finals, you've got to hit at least your average. That's what you'd be at the very, very least hoping for from these premium players, and he's gotten well beneath it. Yeah, so yeah. a
1: lot of people, I think, have been getting rid of Heaney over the last few weeks. They have. Just from
0: what I've heard. Correct choice. I mean, last yeah. week he was very good. He was very solid. He got a 101 last week. Um, but yeah, this week just... No. This week has the Hawks. Mm. So I
1: don't know that I'd necessarily be looking to bring him back in this yeah. week.
0: Well, he was starting really at half forward this week. And he played a lot through the midfield last week and also in the back line. So he patrolled the back line once. Mm. The, I think they lost... Uh, someone went down injured last Frawley? week for no um, Sydney. I can't quite remember who it oh, was. Sydney, um, was it Grundy? No, I don't think Grundy. Uh, anyway, was, so, someone went down it,
1: injured. Um, Johnson and Nick Smith. Oh, of
0: course, Johnson. Yeah, and uh, Smith. Yeah, and Smith. So they put Heaney back there, and that's where he got most of his points. Hmm. Um, yeah, so Heaney, if you've got him, he's not as big a issue as Tom Rockliffe. But if you don't have Tom Rockcliffe and you do have Isaac Heaney and you're looking for something to do don't mind moving him on the
1: the other reason that I would move him on not just the fact that he's not really hitting his averages at the moment Mm -hmm. is he doesn't have the huge ceiling this year yeah exactly so if you bring him in for someone that does have a huge ceiling even if that person like there's more upside
0: yeah agreed
1: there might also be more risk because Heaney's more likely to hit his average, mm-hmm. whereas the other person you bring in might not, but the upside might be the, enough to get you the win.
0: Yeah, good call. Uh, on the GWS side of the ledger, Callum Ward was huge with 123, and he's been very good the past few weeks, actually. Yeah. Um, Timmy Toronto 119. Great second year. I mean, second year player. Such a good player. Been outstanding. Yeah. So he's going to be one to watch for fantasy really coaches guy. going forward. Yeah. Um, Dylan Shield put in his one very good game out of you know what it has been a, an average fantasy year. He's been averaging about 90. That's, that's about
1: his average. Yeah. Actually, that's probably even a little under his average. I'd uh, say 93 to 95. That's what
0: I would have put him down for at the start of the season, but he has gone a little bit under that. Uh, Adam Tomlinson was solid with 102. Uh, Cogs was well below his average as well with 94.
1: Yeah, started the game off reasonably well, but started did very that Canelio well. thing where he doesn't really do much in the last quarter.
0: He plays up forward a fair bit. For some and, reason, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. Um, you know, a player that we backed in last week, I think, Rory Lobb, didn't quite hit the same heights with a, uh, uh, a 71. 71's not the worst score, but no,
1: we would have been wanting more if you'd brought it yeah, in this I, week. Yeah, I wanted
0: more around the ground, to be honest. He had seven possessions, and that was it. So he had 38 hitouts. He was dominant in the ruck. He had, but it was only three tackles and seven possessions, just not enough. Um, yeah. He got around the ground a lot better last week, or the week before last. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's
1: right. Because you were pumping him up last week, and I was. I was, yeah, against Sin-
0: against Sinclair, yeah. yeah. Um, the signs were there, uh, particularly after a really good game last week. But he just couldn't uh, convert yeah, he, that.
1: He's, I think, he's still trying to figure out how he plays as a ruckman mm. because he hasn't spent a lot of time in the ruck this year.
0: Mm. So and uh, GWS have copped another injury, and uh, Ryan Griffin's gone down. So. Yeah. Um, and, and and Phil Davis, as we said, and Phil Davis. Gee, how long's Phil Davis out for, by the way? I think he
1: finished the game off playing as a forward because he was a <laughs> little sore. Um, so I'm not sure if he'll actually miss or not, but he he's was definitely, definitely carrying something. He's hampered, yeah.
0: Uh, we'll push on to the next game of the round, which was, I mean, this was a classic Hawthorne versus the Saints. This the Saints, in my opinion, they were the better team, and they should have taken this game away from Hawks, but mm. just couldn't convert on a couple of small occasions, and the Hawks held them at bay. Uh, they, they came back really well oh, a couple yeah. of times. Like yeah. the Hawks kicked away a few times, and they were very, yeah. very good. Uh, for Hawthorne, Jack Gunston was incredible for draft league owners with 123 and four goals. So good. Yeah, uh, Sean Burgoyne as well. The uh, the Why veteran. The clock. Uh, 107 from him. Tommy Mitchell. Fought hard to get that 106 as well. Jack Steele did a great job on Jack it. Jack Steele was terrific in this game, who scored 120 himself, by the way. Yeah, but I think from memory,
1: Steele tagged um, Mitchell earlier in the mm. year and got towed up by him. Yeah. So he came back and he absolutely destroyed him this time yeah.
0: around. Um, the interesting thing for me with Tom Mitchell is, and I, I will put this aside a little bit from this, uh, yep. this game's wrap-up, Tom Mitchell's coming up against Sydney this week. Hmm. Um, and they have I forget Hewitt? the title ta- Hewitt yeah now Hewitt held or Sydney as a team held Mitchell to that 58 point game earlier this year Yeah. that was the matchup that like everyone freaked out all of a sudden about Tom Mitchell and started putting captaincy on other players yep I've had some people ask about Tom Mitchell and we do have a question about it but I think mm-hmm. we should probably answer it here okay. instead cool. um, Tom Mitchell what do you do with <clears> him <throat> If you've got nothing else to do, and a lot of teams do if you're in the grand final... Yeah, you're um, there because you've got a good team. Exactly. Would you think about getting rid of Tom Mitchell?
1: I would definitely think about it. Um, I guess... I I, I mean, the the thing is, your matchups are also going to have Tom Mitchell. Mm. Whoever you're playing will have had Tom Mitchell to get to the finals. Mm. So, getting rid of him is going to give you a point of difference. Mm -hmm. Keeping him there's a chance that they're going to hang on to him as well. So even if he does badly, there's not that much risk there. Yeah. So for me, it comes down to what else I have to do. Mm-hmm. If I've got some of those other guys that you were talking about, your Heaney, your... Um, who was the other forward that you mentioned?
0: Uh, Rocky?
1: Uh, Rocky, yeah. I'd be moving them on before Mitchell. I
0: absolutely would as well. But if you've got no, not Nothing much else, else to do... To do and keep in mind, Tom Mitchell is worth somewhere in the mid 900,000s or something stupid. So you can trade Tom Mitchell for someone like, I mean, and just to uh, come up with off the top of my head, someone maybe like Steel Sidebottom who's coming up against Fremantle. Yep. Uh, maybe a... uh who's Seb... Mitch- Ross I'm not sure who the Saints are playing. Actually, you might um, double check that. Yeah. Seb Ross would be an interesting one. Gary Ablett or against Frio against Cripps. Cripps, yeah, would be another interesting one. Um, you know those players who have good matchups. The Grand Final is the ultimate week to stream players. Yeah. You've really got to look at their matchups. Like this, You don't have to worry about the future. It's just this game. Yep. So, Seb Ross plays North. Mm-hmm. Clayton Oliver plays Giants. No and no. Uh, Cripps plays Adelaide. Like, and when I say no, I'm not saying trade these players out if no, you've no, already got them. Just but... they're not
1: go-to targets. Exactly. Yep. So, Cripps has Adelaide. Mm. S- Cri- S- yeah. Steel Sidebum has the F- has Fremantle. W-
0: That's an interesting one. And Dusty. Taylor Adams as well. Taylor Adams or Taylor Adams side bottom one, yeah. would. Oh, geez, that's tough. Dusty mm-hmm. has the Bulldogs. Oh Jesus! Do you think be a he can br- replicate? It? it would be a brave man to bring Dustin Martin in over Tom Mitchell. Look, I, I like those um, Collingwood players personally. Yeah, same. I, I like. I at. like both of those Collingwood players. And look, like I say, if you've got absolutely nothing else to do. It is a ballsy move, and probably if you're the if you're expected to if get you're the, the win, favorite, I'm probably not. Doing if you're it. the favorite, I would leave Tom Mitchell in. If you are thinking that you are by far the underdog, that you are like trailing them by maybe a hundred points or eighty points, you need to make something up. Yeah, bring in one of those yep. Collingwood players, or, <clears> or yep. if you don't own Paddy Dangerfield, you can swing him yep. into the midfield. The other you know.
1: benefit too is because, as you said. Um, Titchell is 939000 And
0: you can use that cash to change something exactly. else. Exactly.
1: You can do two upgrades mm-hmm. with him. You move him on and you bring in a. So, what we said, side bottom maybe? Yeah.
0: Who's about 700 k or
1: 628,
0: something. 628000 628000 That's 300 k to upgrade someone, basically. Yeah. Um, I think that Tom Mitchell's mid 900000 as well. I probably wrong. He's $939,000. $939,000. $939,000. Oh, 939. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, you're, you're getting.
0: A huge yeah. amount of cash to use on a second upgrade. Big core, like some people are still rocking with Steph Martin or Goldie or something like that. Perfect. What if you upgrade, went side bottom or Mitchell to side bottom, and then use that extra cash to upgrade to Grundy or whoever you needed. You could bring Grundy and a elite midfielder in. Upgrade Tom Rockcliffe to Dunkley. You know, Dunkley maybe not because he's coming up against R- Richmond. That's that's a tough matchup.
1: Yeah, but the way he's been playing
0: I'd probably if you were the underdog though I'd probably be looking at like a Hawkins that yeah. that would be yeah true yeah um, something like that I'm um, being or maybe by my Dunkley buff. or maybe in the forward line even a Jordan Going <laughs> might against Fremantle could be a very very interesting yeah, decision. he's the
1: sort of guy that could go nuts against Fremantle. yeah
0: so there, there's a lot of big decisions but like we say if if this could, move could help you out on two different lines, And you are worried about Tom Mitchell's ability to score against Sydney? Yep. It could really, really it help. It could
1: be that little X factor that gets you over the line. That
0: gets you over the line. It could come all crumbling he, he, and falling he, apart.
1: He might be pissed off that he got <laughs> held earlier this year, and he might come out and destroy
0: it. Which is why it's the best move to make if you think you're the underdog. Yeah, uh, we'll move on from that. But I think that was a pretty good discussion, to be honest. Uh, yep. some, some middling scores from some of the other players. Connor Nash looked very good, to be Nash? honest. What a name, Nash. Oh, got to love it. Ninety nine from him looked great. Uh, Jaeger O'Mira, ninety eight from him was solid for He's draft donors. Really good. Mm. James Warple with 94 was very good continuing um, his really good month yeah absolutely he was one of my risk it picks last week and as well, you actually. Were points for him. I, I would really appreciate that um, and you know probably the big uh, issue for draft owners would have been Isaac Smith who was tagged to 54 by Geary mm. uh, that was that's another one where you'd probably be expecting an 85 to 95 from someone like Isaac Smith yeah Um and, yeah, just couldn't quite get there and might have cost you a, a prelim final. <clears throat> uh, on the Saints side of the ledger, jack we already mentioned Jack Steele was amazing. For he's 120- had an amazing <clears throat> second half of the year. Yeah, he's been solid, absolutely solid. Seb Ross is 107, not quite reaching the lofty heights of the past few weeks, but who cares? He's still double. happy with 107. Billings. Um, Billings, again, he... he it's it, going to happen again next year, isn't yeah. it? Well, the thing is, it's going to happen again, but it's going to be based on an average of like eighty-four or eighty-three, as opposed to based on his average of ninety-five or whatever it so was last year. as much. He's not going to be the most expensive forward as he was going into this year. so... I can really
1: see Groundhog yeah. Day happening, though. Like I, I already know, I'm going to have him next year. Yeah,
0: I'm going to have him next year too, but he's not going to be as expensive so the risk isn't there so we all took a risk at the start of the season taking him because he was the most expensive we backed him in to keep that average up and he failed who thought it was a risk at that point no one thought it was a risk yeah that's true uh, well, some people did. A lot of people didn't start with him. Um, yeah, but
1: th- th- I suspect that those people would be the ones that never start with your yeah. highest priced forward.
0: And also, they would have been planning to bring him in at some stage. So they would have been bringing in some cheaper guys at the start and they would have said, right, but I'm going to work towards getting billings as opposed to he's going to average 70 or 60 for the first <laughs> first two months. I think 70 is
1: optimistic. pretty sure <laughs> it was
0: closer to 60. Um, but I'm going to fall for the <laughs> trap again next year. I um, know it's going
1: to happen. Yeah. Jay Gresham, 91. Oh. Really good end of the year. Mm. He's going to be interested Interesting for draft next year, I think.
0: Very interesting. I think we've got a question about him later in the oh, okay, uh, in cool. the listener questions too. Cool. Uh, and then some streaming players off the waiver wire did quite solid as well. Players like Jack Loney with 91, Logan mm. Austin with an 86 was very solid. Even like Rowan Marshall's 78, you'd be pretty happy with that. Yep. All of those guys, I imagine, would have been available on your waiver wire. You'd think so, yeah. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll probably move on from there. Um, <laughs> yep. Not too many other Saints players I want to talk about. So... Gold Coast and Brisbane, the yeah. uh, the Q Clash was, I mean, good. I actually did watch this game as well. I watched a lot of this game. It was so close and like really hard fought. The skill wasn't particularly great, but <laughs> geez, there's a lot of players out there who are going to be good for the future, particularly yeah, yeah. from Brisbane. So Brisbane just got up in the end. Dane Beams was incredible for 133. Uh, watch out if you own him this week because he's coming up against West Coast and Hutchings has been doing some very, very good jobs this Hutchings week. Hutchings
1: did a number on Oliver this week. Mm-hmm.
0: It, was, it was a combination for Oliver, and we'll get to that later, yeah. but Hutchings did do a good job on him in terms of uh, negating his scoring. Uh, Steph Martin, 122. And this was against Jared Witz. <clears who, throat> that's good. So, Witts is a really good tap yeah, And Steph Martin has come up against players like Goldie and Gorn like mm-hmm. recently. So those sorts of top line yeah. ruckman.
1: And they've kind of, he's kind of been playing them like negating them, playing them to
0: a draw. Exactly. Work-wise. Yeah. So but this hundred and twenty two from Steph Martin, he does still have some good scores left in him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Look, I'm not looking at him in salary cap next year, no. but for draft leagues, he's, he's probably the first of that second pack of Rockman that I'm looking at. You know, obviously behind Number Gorn and Grundy, exactly. Yeah. And you probably wait a little bit longer on Martin. So yeah. don't take him in the first round. No, maybe in rounds. third, fourth, some maybe third, fourth, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alan Christensen, 108. Mm-hmm. Good for him to bob up and get that, sure. and a humor cluggage proving that he's going to be a great player for the future. Um, yeah and then you had players like Luke Hodge with a 95 very very solid from him uh, you know Dane Zorko was tagged by Took Miller again which was one of the most amusing parts of this game um, the end of the game as well where Zorko just kept coming up to Miller to try and get him to shake his hand <laughs> was fantastic um, oh that was absolutely amazing I love that part of it um, what else have we got here not not too much actually from the, uh, the Brisbane side of the ledger um, Mitch Robinson some player uh, coaches out there had him you know as a you know wishful pick coming up against Gold Coast hoping that he'd do particularly well this week he does have the odd game where he, he does but. but it didn't pan out this week unfortunately with the 68 no. um on the Gold Coast side of the ledger, highest scorer Braden Fiorini, and that's twice he's gotten over 100 since coming back from injury now, yep. or two weeks in a row. And he he's, can just find the ball. He's, he's going to be a terrific player for the future. Uh, probably still not quite yet for next year in salary cap. No, nah, not, yet. not uh, yet. Although he's going to be outstandingly... Oh, no, actually, no, he's not going to be very cheap because he was okay. doing quite well at the start of the year, and he's yeah. averaging about I, 92. You're going to be
1: paying for him next yeah. year.
0: Yeah. Um, you you kind of at this point unless he has a terrible year next year and he comes in very underpriced in 2020, yeah. you pretty much just have to wait for him to burst onto the scene and then he's, get him while he's, he's one of those guys where you pay for what you get exactly. Uh, Alex Sexton was good with 96 and then yeah, like I say, it falls away. Wits was beaten pretty soundly by um, Steph Martin, only got 88, um, and then players like Jared Lyons and Swallow who were in depth draft leagues, you know, yep. not not quite hitting the heights that you'd want them to hit. Not quite. Uh, and Michael Barlow was another player that some coaches, some really risk it for the biscuit coaches out there, <laughs> were thinking, uh, you know, in the Q clash, easy to score I against.
1: could definitely understand the temptation of bringing Barlow in. I mm-hmm. mean, he's been smashing it in the mm-hmm. knee pool. He's been averaging, I don't actually know the numbers, but he's been getting like 40 touches of fun. It's every been ridiculous. Week. So I can definitely see the attraction of bringing him in, but but it just didn't did, quite work out didn't work
0: out unfortunately for those coaches uh, so we might move on from that game we'll talk about the uh, Carlton Bulldogs match um, yep our Bulldogs got up pretty comfortably in the end it was close for a, a couple of quarters yeah Carlton um, tried for a while and yeah. then Bullies kicked away in the last mm. uh, Josh Dunkley bloody hell how good has he been I mean, he's, he's been absolutely he amazing. He has been very good since he came back into oh, the side. Yeah, and... Because uh, he was out for a long time. It was basically as soon as they put him into the midfield, as soon as they realised, you know, oh, wow, this guy who was a very good inside midfielder, midfielder, midfielder at an level... He's not a forward, yeah. he is a midfielder. Just because he's... Uh, that's how a lot of these draftees get pegged sometimes. <laughs> when they're slightly taller as midfielders, sometimes they get weaned into it in the forward line. Yeah. And then, you know... Oh, I mean, he was a premiership forward in his
1: debut year. That's just because... <laughs> That's just because the other, um, the
0: midfield was that strong, he couldn't actually
1: break into it exactly. that often. Uh, That doesn't mean it's his best position.
0: No, Josh Dunkley, very, very good this year yeah. and one to look forward to next year. It'll be interesting to see if he's a pure mid next year or not. I suspect he will. Yeah, probably. Uh, Jack McRae was great. Bontempele, Lockie Hunter uh, were all very, very good. Yeah. And Jackson Trengrove had one of his good games. He, he's playing for his life at, at the moment, though. Yeah, to be he, honest. He's
1: on the outer there.
0: Uh, Jackson Trengove, didn't they trade for Oh, no, sorry. No, I'm you're, thinking... you're thinking of um, Ruffett, aren't you? I am, yeah, yeah they're, sorry. There are other non-Ruckman who is sort of a Ruckman. Yeah, yep, my bad. Um, but yeah, I know exactly what you mean with Jordan Ruffhead. Uh So Jackson Trengove was a very, very solid. And Mitch Wallace has been very like, very good for draft owners this year as a forward. Yeah, He's absolutely. been very good. Um, yeah, Toby McLean. Yeah... Shadow of himself, um, are you able to look up Toby McLean's stats by any chance? Can you, can do that. Can you see just what he's been scoring fantasy-wise over the past month or so? Because... I have the feeling he's averaging somewhere about you know high eighties, maybe even mid eighties. Doing great
1: for the last month or so, which is he's re- not good.
0: I think he's run out of
1: steam because he's always the, his career. He's been playing as a forward mm-hmm. with st- bursts through the midfield,
0: that sort of in and under, like in your face yeah. forward. This is his first
1: year playing as a for, as, as, as a, a midfielder as a midfielder mm-hmm. with stints up forward, and I reckon the long season has just gotten to him. Yeah, because he does play quite a. Um,
0: it's a heavy, it's a very, it's a heavy yeah, brand of footy. Very full on. He really he hits the ball hard.
1: And he's only a slight guy. So mm-hmm. I reckon he's just a bit of fatigue. His last month, he's got 79 this week, 98 last week, which was against um, North, which is pretty good. Yeah. 73 the week before that and 80 the week before that. Mm. So his last month hasn't been amazing. Um, but yeah, definitely nowhere near his start to the year. But mm. yeah, I reckon it's just that sort of fatigue that's hit him. He has...
0: Richmond next week I don't like that matchup no I don't like that matchup either that's tough um, yeah it's he's another he one, that you, one that you could reasonably look at getting rid of as well it's yeah. just I'm really worried um, and he is worth
1: because I think uh, he is still worth something not really no 577 yeah so
0: he's gone down hugely he was in so the mid 700s at one stage could
1: be one of those guys that you use the extra cash from titch to upgrade <laughs>
0: upgrade him to a Dunkley maybe I mean it's a tough matchup for Dunkley but he's one of those players in the form he's in at the moment playing midfield that could still get some points in that game the question is though who would you actually bring in for him mm. um, I, again I I lean almost towards Hawkins or Dangerfield if you don't own Dangerfield as a forward like Danger would be my first priority and then yeah maybe Hawkins um, yeah. or oh, we mentioned earlier Jordan Dugowie is another interesting one to have a look at true true again true. this is all matchup based um Cade Simpson for the Carlton with 128 playing on again next year. Jeez, I mean (laughs) the everman. Yeah, there's. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see who gets defensive status next year because there's a very realistic chance that he could still be in the top six or seven that we need to look at next year for defenders. Absolutely. I mean,
1: he he just keeps getting the
0: ball, and
1: you know I can't see anyone who's pushing him out of his spot at the moment.
0: He's still averaging 100. You know, Doherty's going to come back in. But we're going. that to, helps him. Yeah, but we are still going to lose one or two defenders that have had it this year. Obviously, like Elliot Yeo that we've mentioned. Yeah, so and Gus Brayshaw. Exactly, and Gus Brayshaw. So and those are two of the big, big guys. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see next year. Yeah. Uh, Paddy Cripp, solid with 104 without being absolutely yeah. outstanding, but he was injured a little bit, I think. He got to a bit of a knock.
1: You, you skipped Ed.
0: Ed Kernow. Oh, I, uh, there's a reason for that. Ed burnt me earlier in the year, and I don't want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> now he's one of those players that so many people had bought in mid-season, and everyone thought, right, he is going to be a lock for top eight. He looks so good. Yeah. He burnt everyone. He did. He, he just did. couldn't keep that average up.
1: Yeah. But for those of you that have him in drafts, you would have loved mm. that 120.
0: Yeah. Uh, Marchbank 92. Uh, I don't know where I sit on the Marchbank train anymore. <laughs> I, I was on the bandwagon last year. <laughs> I fell way off the bandwagon this year. Yeah. I think he scored about 20 points last week up. I think
1: you jumped off and then waved as the wagon trundled down the
0: road and I might be chasing it again because he's a good player he's just playing in a terrible team at the moment and he has yeah. the ability to find those plus sixes in the back line when yeah. Simpson leaves when it's Doherty patrolling that back line that half back flank Marchbank yeah. might be up for some plus sixes when Carlton are good yeah um, when Carlton yeah it's, it's going to be a while but you know they've got the talent there it's just day. whether they can put it together or not um, yeah, anyone else you want to bring up from Colin? Because there's no one else I really wanted to have a look at. Uh, a little bit underwhelming from Mark Murphy, 75. Yeah, not not quite enough from him <laughs> um, there. I'll probably I'd back him in to sort of do a bit better. He he just couldn't seem to get near the ball in the first quarter. I think he only had one touch in the first quarter.
1: Yeah. Uh, they didn't really score particularly well, but I did like what I saw of the three-pronged forward line of mm. McKay, Deconning, and Kernell. Yeah, so... I'll be curious to see how that plays out next year. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, the uh, The demons versus West Coast. This was a ripper of this a was game. An awesome game. This uh, it was billed as um, game of the round, and it lived up to those expectations. Yeah, it this was really good. Um, a seven. What was it? Seventeen point win in the end. That sort of that's overshadowed a bit because they kicked two goals in the last like minute and a half or something. Yeah, it so it
1: was less than a goal with a couple of minutes.
0: Just move. ran out of breath at the end of a West Coast. Um, and for fantasy side of things, uh, Gus Brayshaw with one hundred and forty two. <sighs> outstanding he's just everywhere he's, he's terrific absolutely terrific but he's going to be a midfielder next year yep. he's averaging 101 or so over the season or maybe 102 um, and it's been it's more than that you know yeah, in the back end since he's been year. pushed into the midfield he's averaging enough to, get, to warrant bringing him in as a pure midfielder next year But again, are we walking into the Dusty of last year sort of path and Billings and expecting him to keep this lofty scoring one?
1: I don't think we are. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's still risk, but I think it's a different risk. Mm -hmm. Um, The Dusty thing, I think, is like he won every award last year. He won the premiership last year. Yeah. It it, mu- it must have been hard to like motivate yourself to reach those heights again. And I obviously imagine that. he hasn't. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's, he just sort of sauntered around the park and yep. done what whatever he wants, really.
1: Yeah, so that's that's not going to be the case with Brayshaw because I can't see them winning the premiership.
0: Yeah, true, and they do also have like Brayshaw is not the premier midfielder of uh, Melbourne either. They've got. Um, Clayton Oliver, who you would definitely look at before him to tag, yep. and maybe even... No, no, probably not Jack Viney, but he'd be behind Al Oliver for sure in terms yep. of a tag. Yeah. So, it would be interesting for next year. Yeah, and, and, and just with the comparison to Billings, Billings was role-based. Mm-hmm.
1: Brayshaw is that good a midfielder, I can't see them playing him anywhere else. Yeah, agreed. So I think there might still be risks, but it's different risks. So I, I would consider him for salary cap next year, depending on his price.
0: Yeah, so would I. Uh, Max Gorn with 111, very good from him. Yep. And Jimmy Harms, Jake Melksham, Nathan Jones, some of those draft guys scoring very well for owners. Harms, from memory, has had quite a few good scores. Like yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about tagger. him a couple of times. Yeah, he's playing, he's starting in the uh, center square a lot. That's has, the big thing. Yeah. So, and he's getting. A few tackles. So he got seven tackles this game and 24 possessions. He's hard at it and he's a bit hungry. When he gets mm. the ball, he doesn't look for the cheap little hand pass. No. So he twenty, it yeah, as long as he can. 28 possessions, sorry. So he's had a very good game. Yeah. Um, who else was good for that? So Dom Tyson with a 90. Look, the one I want to talk about was Clayton Oliver. And what yeah. really got me here, what really <laughs> got me was, although we were expecting Hutchings to do a pretty decent job on him, The coach swung him forward. Clayton Oliver played a lot in the forward line this week. He did, yes. There's no limit to the amount that I'm pissed off because of that. I mean, that is he hasn't done that all year. (laughs) You're telling me. I I know. He's another player that you had in your prelim final keeper. And (laughs) just, I mean, come on. Because
1: even his bad games are usually 90 to 95. Yeah. Not 75. So, Mm. yeah, this one hurt, particularly because, like, I know we had been spruiking him as a salary cap option. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of other people would have been spruiking him. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He had a great month leading up to this game, mm. so
0: it would have hurt if you'd brought him in. Yeah, I, I still think that you know against GWS, they're probably he's probably going to do a lot better. It's um, his sort of game, tough yeah. and contested. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and GWS don't really run with a super hard tag either. So no, I can't, actually
1: can't think of. Who. Oh, Cornelio does Cornelius, a bit of a run e- with Roy. to an
0: extent, but he's more
1: just a very defensive minded.
0: Mm-hmm. Midfielder, Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, not too much on the uh, the back end. Michael Hibbard came back in for 51. He is uh, just a fantasy bust this year. Yeah, he was going pretty well, and then he had a sore handy and
1: he, he played the game out, but he was mm-hmm. obviously a little bit restricted.
0: Yeah, and Christian Petrarca was way down on what he's been doing over the past six weeks, actually. He's been very solid, but yeah. poor game from him there. On the West Coast <laughs> side of things, another player that's going to be losing defensive status next year, but is well worth a look at in the midfield although yep. again are we falling into that trap Elliot Yo yeah now Elliot yo has done extremely well and he's coming off of a very good year last year as well so yeah. it's not like this is like out of the blue like from nowhere yeah um, he's a very very good player he's averaging over 107 for the year mm-hmm. That's that's worthy of a midfield spot. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean... As a taking, point of difference Taking player,
1: prices out of consideration, because obviously we don't know exactly what the prices are going to be. Brayshaw or Yo, who would you be most comfortable with in your start Jesus. in salary cap next year?
0: Um, as a
1: pure midfielder. I'm going to go Yo, because he's backed it up from last year.
0: I almost agree with you on that. Actually, I do agree with you on that, because Yo...
1: Brayshaw probably has a slightly higher ceiling.
0: Mm. And what I've liked about Yo as well is he struggled in the first quarter of this game. He was actually, I think he had two possessions and three tackles and was only on 15. He's had that mm. a couple of times this year, yeah. and he's worked into games, and he's finished up on 130 here. Yeah, He's got 11 tackles, he's tackling a lot better this year, he's playing definitely through the midfield, they're not doing that little thing where they go, right, we'll play him in the back line. And
1: Although that is always a risk with him.
0: It is a risk because he can play that. Because he
1: plays better back really well and he plays forward really yeah. well too so he can be a Mr. Fix-It if they need it it's,
0: it's more of a risk if they cop an injury and you can't yeah. always play for injuries in fantasy so no, I guess
1: that's a negative to him that Brayshaw doesn't have oh, Yeah, that is true. that Brayshaw's going to be a, a midfielder Yeah, but I th- still think I'd go um Elliot, your, your at next stage, stage. Yeah.
0: Mm. Uh, Dom Sheed was looking like a much better player for 120 out of the middle of nowhere
1: where was the beginning of the year? I don't
0: know. Where, where's it been all year, mate? He's been absolutely shocking. Where so was he playing most of the year, yeah. Keeper been that bad. keeper owners would just be confused as hell at the moment, looking at that game. Yeah, because he has an ability. It's just yeah, he hasn't shown it this year. And maybe this is that that down year that really sparks him into action for the next few. But hopefully, you never know. Jamie Cripps has been so good over the past month. That he's and had a great year. He's uh, he's averaging over eighty now, I believe. But yeah. Uh, Which is great as a a depth forward. I brought him into redraft
1: first third of the year, I reckon. And he's been startable the entire year. He has the odd bad game, but he's been really good. He's
0: averaged about 100 over the past five weeks, which has been so solid. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we're not considering him for salary cap, but in your drafts, if you picked him up, well done. Congratulations. Um, And then it does drop off for there in terms of um, some of your more regular fantasy scorers. Luke Shuey with 90... Not what you've been hoping for. Jack Redden with an 89 down again. Having
1: said that, 1989 are not the worst scores. They're not so t- terrible. So even for no. bad scores, they're not that, that bad. Yeah.
0: Well, these guys are really draft guys. Like If you've yeah. got Luke Shuey in a salary cap league, you probably fell into the trap that a couple of us fell into a few weeks ago. <laughs> Putting your hand up there, uh, I've had to put my hand up a lot today. Yeah, don't worry. I'll put my hand up to that one as well. But yeah, Luke Shuey, just not quite enough there. And he's another one that, you know, if you're downgrading Tom Mitchell to, <laughs> or downgrading, you know, in air yeah. quotes... Um, that you could look to upgrade to another premium midfielder with I that extra like that cash. Um, Jan Hearn a bit down for 82, but still you're pretty happy with that considering you know, what he was pumping out in years past. Yep. Um, that's probably about it, I think. Yeah, that's about it for West Coast. So we'll go to the last game of the round, which was, again, very, very close. Yeah. Great game to... Well, uh, sort of a great game to watch. The skills weren't particularly great. <laughs> Um, but the pressure was there. It was Adelaide versus Melbourne. Adelaide got the chocolates in the end. Jeez, um, And, you know, Rory Laird came bouncing back after what hasn't been his best month and a bit. No. Uh, but 138 from a defender. Wow. Just, just wow. It was a very good score. It was. And it broke you. <laughs> it just broke you because you were playing against Rory Laird in the keeper league. We shouldn't keep bringing that up and I feel guilty for bringing it up with you sitting right across from me
1: that's okay that's okay I'm just not going to say
0: anything nice about Lance that's all there we go Uh, Matty Crouch's 136 was spectacular um, with what did he have 46 disposals yeah lazy 46 touches for Matty 35 handballs though (laughs) but He still finds a way to score, though. He does. Yeah, 136 was terrific.
1: Like, if that was Lockie Neal with those numbers, he'd be on 80 somehow. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. He would be on 80. Um, some of the other players there Bryce Gibbs, 104. Eh, just, yeah. I mean, yeah. good score, but yeah. he just hadn't done as well as we'd hoped he after hasn't really a great been start. Salary cap relevant since mid-season. Exactly. Paul Seedsman came back, and 102 from him was much better. Hugh Greenwood was uh, really trucking along with a 99. Solid score. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Dode, I mean, he's been so good all year, and he copped a, a bit of a collarbone injury in the third quarter. So he actually went off in the third quarter. On oh, 91. And he points. finished on 91. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, he's, he's he outstanding. Was, on, he was in line for an mm. awesome score. Very interesting to look at for draft leagues in years to come, because he'll be one of those guys that falls hard, like falls quite far in the pack due to being a key defender. Yep. But he has the ability to find the ball, doesn't yeah, he? A little
1: bit March Bank.
0: Yeah, maybe March back. Well, he really does play that Jake Lever role. It's, it's yeah, exactly what he's doing for Madeline. Yeah. Um, yeah, not not really too much left from uh, the Crows. Sam Jacobs, 91. There was a few solid scores in the 90s. Yeah, I'll just
1: it. say um, Wayne Miller, 91.
0: Yeah, he's or, had a very good month.
1: So yeah, Playing have, off of halfback, yeah, that's the reason. Yeah, keep a sneaky eye on him for drafts next year.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, North Melbourne uh, Trent Dumont <laughs> one of the guys that you you've had an eye on for some time and just he seems to do that thing where he'll get a score of about 100 and then he'll go for 3 or 4 weeks and be averaging about 70 or something like that see you say that he's actually talk about someone else for a second right. I'm going to find his numbers oh. his last
1: month and a half or so I think has actually been pretty good Ooh, interesting. oh interesting actually I've got his numbers here oh no, there I'm, we go
0: what are we
1: okay. looking at? so, I'm hoping I'm not wrong and just talking out of my arse here. Um, he's a, if he's averaged 60
0: uh, <laughs> over the past month, I will
1: laugh so hard. No, so, going backwards from this week, yeah. 118, mm-hmm. 79, 100, 85, and then you've got the two games before that, oh, his not so great ones <laughs> of 68 and 42, but then the three weeks prior to that, he had 105, 83, and 94. Ugh. So, his last two months, he's had two bad games.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to he, see. He might,
1: and I stress the word might. Might is a big word. He might have taken that step that he's sort of been tantalising with for about a year now.
0: We'll we'll see, we'll see. Only um, as a draft guy. Yeah, of a, course. And a
1: depth draft guy. Not an early rounder, but as a depth draft guy in deep leagues for next year. <laughs> maybe I'll,
0: I'll stay the hell away from him myself but I'm going to get sucked to, in again to I each their know. own of course you're getting sucked in again Matt uh, Trend- you and Trent in what um Shawnee Higgins 111 great score from him uh Jared Waits that's 203s in a row from Waity um it doesn't mean anything I'm just just a just a cool number fact one hundred and three. <laughs> Good to know. Number facts—they're fun. That—that's the uh, the age of his calves in <laughs> calf years. <laughs> in calf years, love it. Uh, Magic door with a hundred would have been a, a real uh, lucky pickup for people off the waiver wires in some leagues that have you know second ruckman things he, like that. You'd be laughing if you've got him as your second ruckman mm-hmm. at the moment because uh, he outscored Toddy Goldstein with an 85 <laughs> and, it's ridiculous. Which is always good for. well Todd Goldstein was looking like having a much worse game and then in the second half of the last quarter scored about 25 or something like that he certainly did Uh, oh he's another player that got you did he? Oh. he did yes <laughs> he, he did it's so funny because I don't know all of these players <laughs> but then you just look at my face and I could look at you when I talk about them and i like oh he just broke your heart didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so we move on he did um And, yeah, not really too much else to talk about. Uh, Mason Wood, you know, I picked the great game last week, but he came crashing back down to earth this week with a 43. Just not trustworthy in any (laughs) form at (laughs) the moment. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see going forward. And that's the round uh, that was last weekend, guys, which was our preliminary final round. Yes. (sighs) All right, so what we're going to do now is, as normal, we're going to break the podcast in two. We're going to come back with the extended bench mailbag answer some of your questions from Twitter, and we'll also be playing the very last edition or the very last round of Risk It for the Biscuit four, for the Year. Four. And we'll see. Uh, some of us got some points on the weekend. <laughs> some of us didn't. <laughs> some of us didn't. <laughs> and uh, we'll come back. We'll see who's in the, uh, the lead, and we'll uh, we'll see if we can help you out with one or two picks for your grand final round in drafts. So awesome. we'll catch you soon.